Welcome, everyone, and join me, your host, Cole, as we enter the Den of Meverden with the brothers, Andrew and Bryce Meverden. How are we doing today, Andy? What's happening? How's life? Just living the dream out here. You know, had one too many Trulies last night, Memorial Day. So we'll celebrate that again tonight with a nice campfire and roast some mallows. Sounds nice. I had a chance to be at a fire last night, too, and telling you, it's pretty nice. Bryce, you got to be a chance around the fire yet? Uh, no, 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 no. I uh, was playing with the chickens, you know, getting the eggs, taking care of them kind of thing. A little hobby farm. So no fire just yet. A little farmer over here we got. Yeah, new situation, new new life for a man. And got to got to take care of the animals. Free food in the morning. <laughs> it's, it's the first time Bryce has done manual labor in his life. That is not a fact. <laughs> That is not a fact. Well, as life changes for all of us, one thing stays the same is that is the, the draft did happen. Now, we're going on to the NFC South today. And, Andy, I hear there's a team out there that might have a slight name change that you want to talk about. Yes, they changed their name. They were known as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, now they are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with the GOAT under the helm, and you know what they started off by? Getting him some beef, which you know I love. They got offensive tackle Tristan Wirfs, homegrown Iowa tackle. This guy can do it all. He's six foot five, 320 pounds. He's a two-time state champ discus throw, state wrestling champ. First true freshman to start under Kirk, as we talked about before on this podcast. Did have an off-the-field incident where he was charged with the OWI and suspended for one game, but I'm willing to roll the dice on this kid. 2019 season was named second-team All-American and won Big Ten Offensive Alignment of the Year honors. He's got elite body mass, weight room monster, bench presses opponents. He's quick out of his stance, lateral quickness, and gets up the field to create huge run lanes, and he did play right and left tackle. And then they went ahead and got the son of the great Antoine Winfield Sr. They got Junior. Safety out of Minnesota, 5'9", 203 pounds. As we said, he's the son of three-time all-pro safety. He's not as tall as people would like, but this dude can flat-out play. He struggled to wrap up and finish, but I think he'll develop as a nice tackler in the NFL. He can bang on tight ends and play in the box to stop the run. He's an intelligent safety because, like we said, he started watching film at a young age with his all-pro father. He looks to punch the ball out, and he's got great IQ. He reads quarterback cues and locates the ball well. So a lot of people were down on him because of his size, but I actually ended up really liking the Minnesota product, and I'm glad Tampa Bay selected this as a a nice little piece on their defense. And then they went with running back, Kayshawn Vaughn out of Vanderbilt, 5'10", 214 pounds. He was Mr. Football in Tennessee and the 2014 Gatorade Player of the Year coming out of high school. He started at Illinois as a freshman, but his spot was taken his sophomore year, which made him transfer to Vanderbilt. He sat out 2017, 
So with that being said, his success at Vanderbilt could be tied to the scheming and the blocking up front. Nevertheless, he's a former high school sprinter. He can break through arm tackles and is a patient runner. Drives the legs to keep plays alive. And why I like specifically like this pick for the Buccaneers is because he's an excellent pass blocker to give Tom Brady a little more time to throw the football. He can chip or he can stay inside since they have an abundance of targets. So overall, I ended up giving the Tampa Bay Buccaneers a B plus. Uh, that's about what I have, Andy. I got them with a B. Uh, love the Tristan Wurst pick. He's a plug-and-play tackle, tough SOB. I liked Winfield Jr. He's one of my favorite safeties in the class, but I do feel like you need to help out Tom Brady more. And I wish they would have ended up taking a guy like Cam Akers or even J.K. Dobbins there at that selection instead of trying to get a safety later on in the draft. Because I don't think he, he's not a top-five guy, and he's not going to allow them to do certain things that Tom Brady did really well uh, for the Patriots. He can catch the ball on swing passes, but he's not going to be, like, flexed out and go get anything. I mean, Winfield's going to play nickel nickel corner and safety. So the versatility is awesome for a guy who's super competitive. Bryce, you got exactly. anything over there? I I gave Tampa Bay a B-, minus. okay? And here's why. I do not love the Vaughn pick. I didn't. I thought that was a really bad pick. They're, they're already trash at running back. Why wouldn't you go get a Dobbins, a Jonathan Taylor when they were there? You wouldn't have got Clyde Edwards. But there was – they had better chances to get top, a better running back, you could say in the sense, than a guy Vaughn. That's not spectacular. He's got a hard time creating his own way to mi- make people miss and find the hole by himself. He's, I mean, he'll if your blockers open up a lane – that's how he runs. He's right behind the blockers. Other than that, he can't really do it on his own. Not a love pick. You already have a trash running back like Barber. No, not a fan. So that's where I really decreased it down to a B minus. I almost wanted to go C plus, but I love the worst pick and I love Winfield Jr. Those two are going to add a lot, I think, right away. And with worse, you know, we talked about him being versatile and everything like that, about going from tackle to tackle from left to right. There's even talks like he could even excel very well as a guard. So it'd be interesting how the Bucks are going to play it. I would assume he's going to start on the right side right away. And then he's you got – He's going to be a tackle. Well, they're saying like how – They're not moving him to interior. No, not yet. But, hey, maybe over the years he might if they get another good tackle. So I'm saying he's got that ability to be moved in the inside as a guard because he's fast, he's powerful, and he knows his game. I love Winfield Jr. I think I had him. I don't know, Cole. Didn't mean you have him like our number one safety. Uh, he would have been number two for me. We probably both you had have? him too. I uh, would have had McKinney ahead of him. Okay, yeah, maybe that—that's the name I'm missing. But still, Winfield Jr. I mean, like Andy said, he hit the nail on the head, folks. This is his father, an All-Pro. He's got the genes. He's got the smarts. I mean, you can listen to the old man coaching him up, too. So, I love the pick. It's going to help the defense out, I think, a lot. I mean, obviously, you need more pieces than just one. But this is a really good piece to help for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, so this is what I guys want. I want to come at you guys on this one because I 
Cole, not so much, but Bryce is significantly downgrading the draft just because of one pick, right? Well, the, the Keyshawn Vaughn. When you have a safety that you guys are all talking about is one of the best in the draft, still available. When I said one available of my in the third round. Uh, where running backs in this league, honestly, at that point, they don't really matter. So. Why not get your safety if he's especially if he's high on your board, like he was high on your board, Cole, and your board, Bryce? Yeah, that's fine. Go get him, but you could easily trade it up with other drafts and run back. Not like I they mean, didn't maybe have they tried to do it. <clears throat> I mean, we weren't in the war room, so we don't know if they did try to trade up and people rejected their trades because they were also high on Jonathan Taylor and J.K. Dobbins. And then they solid they already have a slew of weapons on offense. They have so many back. weapons. I don't know what they're going to do with running backs. The only question mark, but question mark, now that, that you've is got a blocking cool. running back. They're terrible at running back. They're the worst okay, in the it's league. A question mark. Who's? I don't know about. Okay. Anyways, they stepped in, got a blocking running back that can give Tom Brady a little more time in the pocket to throw the football to his excessive weapons with Bruce Arians' air raid, throw it down the field offense. I this guy's not that I... good at blocking. I mean, that was I one of his weaknesses. On no, one of his pros was pass blocking. I got him as weakness. I guess the reason why I don't like the Vaughn pick as much is because I would have had JK ahead of Winfield if I did do a board. But I just think that with Tom Brady, twilight of his career, the chance to have a bell cow running back who's done it before, and JK can go and pass pro too. Vaughn's probably a little bit better receiving back. But, I mean, the perfect fit was Clyde Edwards-Alaire for this guy, these guys, and he was gone. I just think that with Tom Bay and Tom Brady, you really needed just to do everything in your power to help him out, and I think that meant getting a running back earlier. Because, I mean, he's had – like, we, we don't want to say good, but when he's had pretty nice running backs, he's done well. And we're going to ask Vaughn to be uh, even just Shoney Macell or Rex Burkhead or James White, and I don't think he's going to be able to be that for him. I, I think he – I mean, if, if you surround Vaughn with a good offensive line, he can run it between the tackles and he'll do all right. But, I mean, they haven't so clearly solidified the offensive line, so I wouldn't be as high on Vaughn right now. But, like I said – I think they have an excessive amount of weapons on offense. Getting a nice piece on their defense, I think, was a good pick for them and not a horrible decision instead of getting a running back. I mean, they ended up double-dipping and running back at round seven, and, I mean, they didn't have a right. ton of picks. And I like Tyler Johnson in the fifth, so, hey, maybe they just run five receivers. Screw the running back position. It's kind of scary. But with that, we're talking about Winfield Jr. a little bit DB. We're to move in another DB that was drafted a little bit higher in A.J. Terrell from Clemson. He was drafted by the Falcons at pick number 16. Um, not my favorite corner that could have been taken here, but I get it. The Falcons ended up running a lot of zone in the back half of the season when they had success. Uh, Terrell can do it, but what's not good for him is right now he's penciled in start corner but he's not a pro-ready guy. He should be a nickel or a dime corner, that secondary unit that comes in off the bench and plays like 50% of the snaps, not someone who's going to be playing in the upper 75s, 70s. 
he struggled against top competition in college. Look at the LSU game, especially. And even who did Clemson play at Ohio State before, I believe, and he didn't, like, ball out in that either. So I worry about that, especially if he's going to have to guard some of these good receivers that are in the NFC South in Goodwin, Evans, Thomas, Cooks, and even the Panthers have, like, three guys who are all pretty good. So that does scare me. Uh, big thing is um, little grabby, which understandable in college. You can be a little bit more aggressive, so that's got to get coached in, and hopefully the Falcons can do that, bring that in a little bit. But because they run so much zone, the Falcons, his mental processing in zone is, like, that's one of the things that I like the most about him. So his ability to read and react and jump routes, if the Falcons truly want to get to more zone this season where they had success, AJ Trail should be able to fit in long-term, but he's definitely not a short-term solution for them. And I think for Dan Quinn, he probably needed a guy who was more of a short-term solution so he could have kept his job. And that leads me to the next guy, Marlon Davidson. Now the Falcons run a 4-3. Marlon Davidson played in a 3-4 at Auburn. He played at the 5-tech defensive end. And what's weird about the Falcons is that they have they always play with one big defensive end. Their team is basically built like a 3-4 team, but they play a 4-3. So he fits in there. He's played both with hand in the dirt and stand-up. So a little versatility. He's got a good rip move, which it's a nice basis for a bunch of other moves to set some stuff up. He's going to play all over the place. He's going to play 3-tech, 5-tech, the 4-I, which is inside the tackle, which is pretty common for a 4-3. He can struggle to disengage from strong blockers, which I worry about if he's going to end up playing the inside against the Saints because their interior, their offensive line is so flipping good. But, I mean, not every team is going to have a dominant inside. And sometimes he can get complacent in the run game, not care as much about it. And with the Panthers having Christian McCaffrey, we're expecting Tampa Bay to try running the football more. They like Ronald Jones as well, so I would expect that more. And then, I mean, the Saints have Alvin Kamara. Like, he's getting his touches. So he's got to care more. He's got to get that motor up and running all the time. And then final guy they took is a center out of Temple. Uh, Temple has um, single-digit numbers are worn or given to players who they consider Temple tough guys. Now, he wasn't able to wear a single digit because he was an offensive lineman, but at practice, that's what he wore. So he's a Temple tough He's quick out of stance, and he's good fit for a team that moves side to side a little more laterally, but he's not going to play this year. They have Alex Mack under contract for one more year, so they drafted a replacement for the guy, which I love the pre-planning ahead. Um, hopefully, maybe he can give them some flexibility at guard that first year, but if not, you got a backup center for a future, which is always nice to have. What about uh, when you guys want to hop in here? <clears throat> Oh, I have a, a C-plus. Yes. Yeah, so A.J. Terrell, cornerback out of Clemson, as you stated, 6'1", 195 pounds. I thought this was the biggest reach in the draft and maybe in the last couple years. Um, I get it was a needed position. I get there was a huge drop-off out after Henderson and Akuda. But I – I don't think this was the guy you need. You weren't a cornerback away from the Super Bowl, especially for a guy that's on the hot seat fighting for his job, as Cole alluded to. And I had Terrell as about my sixth best corner on the board. 
and you had a man by the name of C.D. Lamb that was still on the board. You could have added him, and you still could have got a cornerback. You might have even been able to get Terrell in the second with your second-round pick because Jalen Johnson was still out there. Trevon Diggs was still out there. Kristen Fulton was still out there. And even for your third-round pick, Cameron Dantzler was still out there. And all these cornerbacks, maybe outside of Dantzler, I had above A.J. Terrell. So it's about value in the NFL draft. And that's what I was trying to say with Tampa Bay getting the safety. It's about that value pick. And they definitely did not do that here. Then you move on to Marlon Davidson. Like Cole said, he's an edge out of Auburn, six foot three, three hundred and three pounds, lived in the shadows of the great Derek Brown. Uh, he what I do like about him is he could have left after his junior season but he promised his late mother that he was going to earn his degree, and that's what he did. He is probably a little bit of, pro- of a project. Um, despite his size, he plays better lining up on the outside of the tackle, and he only played 51% of his snaps against the run. He struggled against Alabama's power, and he could have trouble if asked since he played more outside tackle and Uh, Like Cole was saying, if he played uh, inside the tackle or it was asked to be put as an interior lineman, he could have some difficulty making that transition. And then you have probably one of my favorite picks that the Falcons made, Matt Hennessy, center out of Temple, 6'4", 307 pounds. Uh, As he said, he will be groomed under Alex Mack, who's 34 years old and on his last year of his contract. And Matt's just a tough player, has athleticism to get to the edge on zone runs, great balance, keeps hands quiet and ready to punch. He will just have to gain extra mass as a pro. And I had the Atlanta Falcons coming in at a C. Okay, so we're about the same for there. Bryce, where did you end up with these guys with? I think he probably gave them a C as well. Yeah, I mean, they did take a punter in the seventh round, which, I mean, I guess it's value, but you probably didn't have to draft the guy at all to get him, you know? Right. Uh, I guess uh, I'll take the Panthers, I guess, right? Yeah, you get to take his teammate right away. Yeah, I mean, Derek Brown, a three-year starter at Auburn, a great burst off the line. You guys can hear me? play strength at the point of attack. Oh, there you are. Hey, yeah. Do you not hear me that whole time? Technical difficulties there. My bad. I apologize. Yeah. Yeah. You can, You're hey. good. Just jump into the Falcons. Yeah. Okay. Just recap quick. I'll, I'll make it real quick and I'll go right to the Panthers here. C plus for the Panthers or uh, Falcons. Excuse me. I like the center C. pick. I like, I do like AJ Terrell compared to Andy, but obviously he's more of a project. I think it's a good future pick. And then Davison, I agree with Andy too. Again, unreal. Two, two in a row today. That another project with Davison. Uh, he going into the inside, you can see those problems, but I think if Dan Quinn can maintain his job after this season, I think this could work out well. And if not, well, I guess it depends what you get that comes in. So be interesting. So recap, I like Matt Hennessy. There is my favorite pick out of the three. So, all right, we're going to right into the Panthers. Ready boys? Yeah. Just rock it. All right. Buckle up. So first, 
pick for the Panthers is Derek Brown. Big old boy from Auburn. Inside lineman. This guy's got power. He's good in the run, the pass, his effort. He won defense player of the year in the college. The only worst thing that I found about him, they say, is playing with extension. But if you watched him play and stuff, he he's an animal on the inside, and he's going to cause, I think, even problems in the NFL. Now, I think it'll be there'll be spurts of it. I won't say it's going to be all season long, but you're going to definitely see the upside of him early and often. But it'll kind of taper out throughout the season a little bit, I think, and then it'll come back and maybe finish strong. So that's a great future pick for them for years to come. I mean, they went all defense in this draft, folks, all defense. Next pick, we got Gross Matos, defensive end for Penn State. Man, this guy's got a motor. He's got good hands. His wingspan is super He's got range, and then, like, just with his wingspan, his length alone gives him all those tools to be able to go after the quarterback. You know, there is some downside to him, his processing of the play recognition and stuff, um, his counters. He's got to work on a bit. He's, he's getting better, but obviously still needs work. Um, I guess definitely see him because they're going to be playing about, I think, about a 3-4 in uh, Panthers goal, right? 3-4? I have no clue what they're doing. I'm looking at what they've drafted, and I see 3-4. I, and I see 4-3. I see it being a 4-3. <laughs> well, yeah, the gross would make sense in a 4-3 more than a 3-4. So this is where it's interesting because we don't really know, and I don't think the Panthers even know what they're doing yet because they just got a new head coach, new offensive coordinator. So I think their offense is – could be good when they get the weapons there and everything, which they have McCaffrey. They got Robbie Anderson now. So it'll be interesting on that side. But defensively, I'm really curious how they're going to play this in. Because I could see getting some starts right away in the beginning of the year. Now, here's the thing, and this is a little off subject from the Panthers quick. I saw when I was listening to Colin, the herd, he's talking, they brought up Mike Tomlin, how he said how this is going to affect these rookies with this going on. He goes, he's scared that these rookies won't be ready. So it brings the factor in with you see like the Panthers, they got three rookies here for their defense. How ready are they going to be able to get those guys to go week one to say the season starts on pace without the training camp, without the mini camp? So that's going to be the interesting take here. Someone like Gross, I think, could hurt a little bit because he's still got a lot to develop to get to that next, next level, like kind of actually be maybe an all. So. That's an interesting pick. I like Gross. He played good in college, except for when he played against the Badgers. I don't really care what he did then. But um, then we move into the third pick, and that's Jeremy Chin. Safety. This guy has absolute gifts for physical or physical gifts. He's tall, speed, power, his contact balance when he hits somebody, his coverage versatility which is really nice to have on that defensive side. Um, I don't know if he's going to be a day one starter because I thought they returned Boston. So I'll have to get back to you on that one. I think he'll – I think Boston will end up playing free and uh, Chin will be their strong Is that safety. what they're talking about now? I didn't dive in hard on that safety topic. But um, it's interesting, though, because I could say he would be a day one starter, but I'm not – the reason I'm not sure is because we're – Kind of what I purposely brought up was the Mike Tomlin thing, saying like how teams are going to be affected with these rookies not being ready due to not having the camps together, not having this. So all these picks are very interesting. I mean, Derek Brown's going to be a starter day one. It's just how fast can these coaches get that terminology, the plays, 
the schemes and everything into them and be able to have them work it. So that's where I get really interested in, especially with, especially with the Panthers, because you get three rookie defenders now that could make an impact in the future for sure. But if you want them to start day one, man, you got to start cracking right now and sending them stuff on Zoom. Yeah, so um, I think Gross Montos will, start, will be one that doesn't start right out of the gates. Uh, and then Jeremy Chin is debatable if he's going to start right away. Yeah, Chin definitely has the biggest learning curve. He's an FCS player, so like, there's a lot of things that he hasn't done before that he's going to be asked to do. And I think Bryce bringing it up, when you have a bunch of raw people like Matos and Chin – it's going to take them longer to get accustomed to everything than it would uh, Derek Brown. Right. And so Derek Brown, like we said, I think he's a clear cut day one starter. He was probably one of the best young prospects in the draft. He was named Auburn's just building these character guys, which I like named to conference student athlete leadership council in 2017, rare combination of size and disruptive traits. He's got that big man athleticism can crank, up the rush, or he can be a linebacker's best friend and eat up some blockers so they can get the tackle. Yeah, and Derek Brown will be in. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, he's going to be an insane run stop right away. He's going to be so good at it. Exactly. And that's why I'm bringing me my next point. I was going to say Derek Brown will be an Ooh, all pro. In okay. The I think that's a little hot so, right away. That's a little hot. So, okay. You seem okay, like you seem like you're one. Bud. Um, no, not year one. Eventually, you'll okay. be an all-pro. All-pro, eventually, yes. But you made it sound like right away year one. Like, absolutely not. No, I said he will be an all-pro in this league. Oh, I misheard you there. There was no time to. Yeah, well. Uh, anyways, Gross Montos, DN out of Penn State, like Bryce talked about, there will be a learning curve. But they have two defensive ends currently that are signed through 2021. So it'll be he could be a nice change of pace to jump in there if the DNs get tired and – um He'll fit those roles, and then eventually he can step in and take their role when they want too much money. Um, it's anyone's guess, though, if Montos is actually going to pan out. He's a boomer bust guy. Um, he's got fluid movement, though. He's pretty quick, has a nice bull rush, and will keep uh, tackles off balance with a switch to the inside. He's got the athleticism of a linebacker, and he's got the prototypical size, athleticism, and agility. So, I, overall, I think he was put in a great situation since they have the two DNs through 2021 that uh, Monto, Matos can learn under, develop under, and eventually either take their spots or sub in and out. And then Jeremy Chin, this is the guy that's debatable if he's going to start or not. Uh, they do have Trey Boston at free safety. Jeremy Chin will either play will play strong safety. He will either start or it'll be Justin Burris that'll start. So it'll probably lean towards Burris, especially with the coronavirus pandemic going on now. So Chin in another situation where hopefully he can sit back, uh, learn the system, and develop. Uh, but again, he's got compelling size and speed. He has man coverage skills. He's willing to tackle. He could work well in a nickel or even as a coverage linebacker in sub packages. Six foot three, 221 pounds. He's got below average IQ, though, which does not help with his instincts. 
Yeah, I see. I see that as being an issue. So it's like we talk about the guy moving around, but I do think with the physical gifts, like he's a ninety-eight percentile player. So he's in the top three percent of all NFL players for athletic testing that have come through the last so many years. But that dime linebacker role, because he's is willing to hit that nickel corner role, because he's big enough to cover like tight ends and stuff. I mean, I really liked this pick. So that's me yeah. there. Yeah, I ended up giving the Panthers a B. Okay. Cole, what'd you give him? What? I have an A minus. I, I gave him this. a B plus. This is a br- B plus. Okay, this was a brand draft for him, and I was able to find up. It looks like they're going to be running a four three. Okay, because they ran a three four last year, so I was unsure of which way they're going to go this year, especially with their picks. Yeah, yeah. So I imagine um, we're going to have Brian Burns at one end, and then we're going to have a guy named Stephen uh, or Stephen Weatherly. Yep, Weatherly. And if after the season, he can be cut for a two million dollar dead okay. cap hit. And his, his the cap hit if he stays in the roster is eight million. So I'd like it makes sense for them to cut him, in my opinion, especially if Gross Miles shows some promise. That, that's what it is, though. I mean, I feel like what even like like I said, Cole, with Tomlin bringing up how it's gonna be hard with these rookies getting them ready, like the ones that actually are projects. That's gonna be the biggest tall. T- how much he's grown throughout the year once the season actually kicks off and when they're allowed to go and stuff. so. But, yeah, I do like in this situation, like Cole said, and he even gave him a substantial grade to recognize this, all these rookies for the Panthers, I believe, were put in situations where they can sit back and learn, other than Derek Brown, but I don't think he will have to sit back and learn. Like, he's a day one, just like Chase Young, day one starter, really don't need to know the system. Yeah, there's like five or six guys that – in, in every draft, it doesn't matter where they come from. They, you can literally just put them in. There's not going to be a big learning curve for them. Yeah. So, I love it. Um, the only thing I said, I want to say a little bit more about Matos is that the Stefan Weatherly guy, he had three sacks last season. So, I think Gross Matos, because of his athletic traits and Burns being good on the other side of Brown being an inside and Short being there, I think we could see Matos with four and a half or five sacks. All right, I, I, can, I can agree with that. So let's move on to a team that uh, got a little Wisconsin that? boy, and that would be who the that? Saints. Why don't you who tell that? us, Andy? Who is that? Yeah, I just I just also want to add, oh. I love the Panthers solidifying their defense here with their uh, defensive line. They really got some good players so with potential. So, I think Cole gave a really good grade. I'm sticking with the B, though. But New Orleans Saints, first off, they drafted Cesar Ruiz center out of – was was a center. I think we'll be transitioning to right guard and starting right off the rip. Six foot three, 307 pounds out of Michigan. I thought they were going to draft Patrick Queen here, but it all ended up working out for them, and I like the Cesar Ruiz pick. He's the best interior alignment in the draft, and it, it's not even close. It's by a huge margin – Excellent snap-to-step uh, snap quickness. Runs through double teams. He's got good hand placement, consistent base. Uh, and being the fact that Drew Brees is a shorter quarterback, I like that they solidified the interior alignment because short quarterbacks have problems um, with accuracy when they have interior rush. So I would almost say that the interior line is as important or more important than the tackles for these shorter quarterbacks. And then they got Zach Bond, our guy, out of Wisconsin from 
and a Wisconsin product in its own right. Brown Deer, Wisconsin, six foot two, 238 pounds. As we were talking about before, guys, he was a dual threat quarterback in high school who won the state's Offensive Player of the Year award. And then he transitioned to linebacker just because he's that athletic. He was able to transition from this quarterback position to linebacker at Wisconsin. He is a first round value. I don't know why he slipped this far. I don't know if it was because he diluted his urine or whatever. But he was a nightmare for Big Ten tackles and is still, like we said, in the early ages of developing as a pass rusher because he's only played the position for a couple years. He closes run lanes with his twitchy explosiveness, and he's got the speed and athleticism to cover running backs and tight ends. So even though uh, he could be a blitz-off-the-edge guy, he does give you the upside of he can cover as well with his athleticism and speed. And then we have the last guy who is arguably one of the best tight ends in the draft, Adam Trotman. Uh, Dayton product, six foot four, two hundred fifty-five pounds. He's a big target for um, the quarterback. He gets to top speed quickly, which is important. His ball adjustment is natural. He uses his body to create late space. But he wasn't in a super competitive conference, and he doesn't really do anything special after the catch. But overall, I think it was a great pick for where they got him. And I gave the New Orleans Saints a big fat A. <laughs> okay, and yeah, I, I love it. I love the A grade. I actually just couldn't get there. I gave him a B plus personally. I love the release pick, the bond pick, and I don't, I don't mind the tight end pick at all. I thought it was actually a really good draft by them. Maybe I gave him a little bit of an underscore. <clears throat> I like reason. I agree with you, Andy. The right guard position is open for the Saints right now. And someone like him who's got that versatility, yeah, he played a lot at center, who can move to the guard and play the guard. He's played there before in college. Not a ton, but he can make that transition. He's got that power, that mobility. And then some of the things, though, and um, is like his timing and pass pro. He just has got to get a little bit, you know, <clears throat> more work on that part. Um, one of the things I found is, when he was at center, at least here. Now, I didn't find much about them dissing him at the guard position. But if we, they were saying, like, uh, there's breakdown in communication when there's uh, stunt pass rushers and stuff. Like, when he, he would recognize it or whatever, that they're going to be running a stunt. Or they would have communication issues on their line where he would have trouble with. And then he struggled, though. The biggest thing here he struggled was when he was uncovered and knowing it's a uh, – a blitz situation or situation like that because he doesn't know where the guy's coming from. That's where he struggled the most. But I think with the Saints, and we've seen it, um, gosh, Cole, what was the – was it Pettit that was their center before and then he moved in the guard? Uh, so Pettit Either, is – He's left guard, yep. left But guard he was a center, right? Now. Yep, Eric McCoy. Because uh, they already had – um, they drafted Eric Yeah, because they had a center or something I thought when we were talking about a forward. And they, he was like a true center, but they moved him. I thought maybe it was Pettit. Moved him to a guard, and he just became an all-pro. So, yeah, I just might see, have been. But I, just like thinking about that with the Saints and what they're doing with their line. And they have a good organization with Sean Payton, your offensive line coach. Like I feel like the release could fit right in. 
yeah, there might be a little learning curve here and there, but I think it's going to be a good pick for them. And then we get Zach Bond, baby. Whew. Love the pick. Now, do I, I don't think he'll be a starter right away. You got Davis there. You have Lonzo that are going to be starting. And then um, I can't think of the other guy off the top of my head right now. But Bond's going to be really good coming in for blitz packages, kind of substitution, whatever they're going to run with him. So I think Bond's going to bring that versatility because he, he can drop in coverage. I mean, Andy brought up he's a dual athlete from high school, transitioned to a linebacker because realistically he wasn't going to be able to play quarterback at that college level. At least the Badgers didn't want him to. So Bond's going to be able to bring that excitement, that mortar. He might struggle a little bit against some of the tackles, depending. It's just going to be a, a little bit of learning curve for him. But I think Bond's going to make an impact. Really. I would say – I say give him four to five sacks, just like you said with Mato's first year. I, I could see it easily. I mean, I, I mean, high note here. I'm going to call a high one. Don't be surprised if Bond gets over ten gets ten sacks this year. Just saying. And then we got Adam. Oh, you don't you don't you don't Yikes. think Bond can get back there? I ten sacks. Oh yeah, I would, take the, I would take the under ten, two. Take but I'm saying don't be surprised if he gets up to ten. He has that potential in year one to be a ten sack guy. I don't know about that. I think he could be top three for rookies okay. in sacks. I, w- I would agree with that statement. Ten sacks is quite a few, though. Chase Young is. Are, well, he it just depends on the sacks. league. It just depends. Some people have really good years. Look at—I mean, this is not a huge. This is a, not a good comparison, but I'm just throwing up thinking. Look at JJ Watt a couple of years ago when he had 22 or it was in one season. Then he had six the next year, or whatever it was. Grant injury. Okay, was he? In, he was probably injured that yeah. He is. JJ Watt's a freak. <laughs> I wasn't trying to compare JJ him like Watt that, but I'm just saying you could have those breakout years, or just have somewhere pulled out of your. You know what? And just get 10 sacks. I'm just saying, that's a really high note. I think that's like the highest he could get in one season. And I've said, I wouldn't be surprised if he could get there. But going to. Yeah, I'll just say J.J. Watt is a horrible comparison because he would do that yeah, every yeah, year. Unfortunately, he gets injured. Love the guy. And then we got the tight end. And I know we all said before that this wasn't like a great tight end class. I like this tight end. He was, I would say, the best one out of them. He's got that physical trades. He he puts okay, so he's not the greatest at blocking yet, but he actually gives 110 effort every time. He's he's try he tries, which is good. I mean, I I don't see him being day one starter. He's going to be able to learn underneath the system and everything. And this is another thing that could a guy who could get impacted from the virus going on, not having that ability to get into the offense playing with Drew Brees a bit, playing catch and stuff, or figuring out the offense. But I think overall, he could be something, especially with the Saints. We, we've seen him with Hill, with Hill and everything else, that uh, he's going to be able to have ability or packages that he's going to be able to get into and maybe make plays out of those packages. Kind of like what they do. I mean, he's not a Tyson Hill. Tyson Hill, sorry. So – It'll be interesting what they're going to do with him for sure. But I think it's a good pick in this situation. And I thought they had a really good three picks in the first three rounds there. So, so Saints had four picks in the entire draft, right? And uh, they didn't have a seventh-round pick, but they traded back into the seventh to draft a, a quarterback named Tommy Stevens from Mississippi State. 
They literally did it so he didn't end up on the Panthers, and he's basically like Tyson Hill 2.0. So I thought that was hilarious that Sean Petty was so like he's who was Petty. He just had to get the I mean that's awesome. Other teams have him. I I think it's, he's a thug, <laughs> and I think Shane it's thought, Shane Payton obviously going back to the twenty what was it twenty ten. 2011 Super Bowl. Onside, he's got the biggest ads in the league. I just think it's funny. Like he's, if he wants something, he goes and gets. They have four picks. They traded up, I believe, for Troutman and maybe even Vaughn as well. Like they saw a guy, they went and got him. They didn't care the number they had, and I ended up with a B plus because or B plus because of the guys who they went out and got. I think there was one huge common theme. All these guys are super smart. Troutman, he's also a former high school quarterback. All-time leader in receivings for Dayton. Probably going to play the Y. He's going to be behind Jared Cook. Won't be asked to do a lot right away. Zach Bond, super smart. Like you guys said, quarterback. Not great length, but his versatility, which we talked about, is awesome. And I think that will allow him to be successful, especially with him getting a lot of pass rush at Wisconsin. Now him getting to blitz I think will be really beneficial. Cesar Ruiz was the pick right away where I really was like that. I don't like it because at the time when they made the selection, they had a man who was a three-time consecutive pro bowler in Larry Warford. Well, they cut him, so he's gone. So he is now their starting right guard of the future. In uh, 447 snaps in his college career, or it might have been last season, the yeah, last season, he allowed eight pressures. That's insane. None in the final five games. Cesar Ruiz, they got rid of a, a great guy because they think he can be fantastic. And so I love that. Save a little money and get someone who's going to be superb at the position. So my B plus grade, I think, was awesome for them. I, I, don't really, I don't really know what I liked more, but I gave him a B. You gave him a B or B plus? B plus, B plus. I said the grade five times. I think I'm really differently every single time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think the Saints had an outstanding draft. Um, like you said, Cesar Ruiz. That's the only one I think is going to have difficulties with the pandemic uh, from this draft because the other guys are going to be able to sit and wait. Cesar Ruiz, especially switching from center to right guard, footwork just a tad different. It may be a little difficult transition not getting the OTAs or the training camp uh, that you would like to him to have. Yeah, and, and offensive line is one of the hardest positions to play because there's not a lot of like physical contact you can do in practices, and you need that. You need to see those stunts at live reps consistently to be able to work with each other. You don't get those anymore because of the CBA and player safety, and it makes sense to me, but... It makes it harder to play off its line. So with Sean Payne going on and saying, we need smart guys, we're going to be able to pick stuff up sooner rather than later. I really loved the theme of that draft. And I think that was something cool about the South is that we had themes for a lot of these teams. Right. Panthers were all D. They were all in on the defense. Yep. Falcons were overdrafting people. <laughs> And then Tampa Bay was about helping that man out. And they did it with, I think, five of their seven or six picks. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, We went through the NFC South. Do we have any final remarks that we want to put before we get out of here? 
Yeah, just um, thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Follow us at the Denim Everton on Facebook, at the Denim Everton on Instagram, at Team Everton on Twitter. We are small town kids looking for big things, and we appreciate all your support. And he kind of summed it up for me. That's pretty much where I was going with. Just, hey, subscribe, follow, keep it going. We're going to keep pushing them out. Thank you to all for joining us three today, and I look forward to the next time when you all step into the Denim Everton.